Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Frank Film Club. I'm Maisie Williams and I'm an actor and producer. I'm Larry Roberts and I'm a producer and filmmaker. I'm Hannah Marie Williams and I'm a casting director. And welcome to our club. Hello everyone and welcome back to Frank Film Club. Merry Christmas to those of you who are listening on Christmas Day. Um, And thank you for joining us. Christmas can sometimes be a time that is really lovely to spend with family. But also, if you don't have a family, then we want to welcome you in to spend Christmas with us. Um, Because today we're going to be talking about the iconic Love Actually, which came out in 2003. Written and directed by the wonderful Richard Curtis. Um, But before we get into all of that, guys... What have you been up to? Been preparing for Christmas, of course. Late? Late, as per <laughs> usual. I'm not normally a Christmassy person. Mm. Well, I historically have not been. And more and more, my frozen heart is getting thawed. And I'm <laughs> starting to really enjoy Christmas. So I've been getting into the Christmas spirit and having some mulled wine just like the coziness I don't like Christmas Day but I like the run up to Christmas and that feeling of coziness well I will be going up to North Wales to see my family for Christmas so I feel like until I'm up in North Wales with all the family it's like it's a bit bit weird being away and yeah but it's love the Christmassy vibe just like being cozy and Mm. yeah yeah. What about you? Yeah, me too. Been getting ready for Christmas. I love wrapping, but obviously to start your Christmas wrapping, you have to have finished all of your Christmas shopping. And I'm not so good at finishing that part before I start getting all my fancy ribbons and stuff. So. You cannot wrap it here. That is not no, what you can yeah, do. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. But yeah, um, so... <laughs> Thrilled to hear that. Glad that you guys are getting into the Christmas spirit. And of course, there's no better way to get into the Christmas spirit than watching, by the way, the UK's favourite Christmas movie, Love Actually. Um, I don't know what that was based on, but I found an article. It's based on some sort of poll that they did. So well done, Richard Curtis. Still got it. Um, As I said, this film came out in 2003 um, and it's been adored and also kind of despised by all over the years and has gone through its own little, I don't know, journey. Um, And I really wanted to chat with you guys about it today. Um, Before we go, starring... This list is mega yeah. long, so get ready. <laughs> Bill Nye, Colin Firth, Liam Neeson, Emma Thompson, Chris Marshall, Martin Freeman, Joanna Page, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Andrew Lincoln, Martine McCutcheon, Kieran Knightley, Hugh Grant, Laura Linney, Thomas Brody Sankster, Rowan Atkinson, and of course, Alan Rickman. Like, I wanted to try and take some people off of that list, but I just couldn't. <laughs> you can't take like, anyone off that list. Yeah. I mean, it is an ensemble piece. It is. And they yeah. chose all the biggest actors of the UK. So, first of all, I mean, we've all got great <clears throat> memories of watching this film. Um, Hannah, tell me about some of them. 
Well, I was 14 when the film came out, mm-hmm. and I think I was probably trying to discover what love was around that time and this gives a lot of different versions of that mm-hmm. none of them particularly desirable maybe in <laughs> some ways um but i've it's always been a staple like every christmas itv2 absolutely but then in the last like 10 years i haven't watched it at all and i feel like there's been a lot of um bad mouthing with a few things in there so i haven't really touched it and then i fully came back to this film i watched it over the weekend thinking Ugh, I'm going to be pulling this apart when I'm watching it. Absolutely not. <laughs> I loved it. it. I was like, that's terrible. That's problematic. But like, it's such a good film. What did you think, Lowry? I've watched this film like every Christmas and I love it so much. And I do think that there's some really problematic things in it. But I'm sorry, but I, it's so nostalgic, but that I still love it. Yeah. But I, I know where the problems are, but yeah. it's just great. What about you? I feel like I'm going to echo you both. Like, this was always my mum's favourite film. And so then I sat down and I watched it and was like, Mum, why are you showing me this? <laughs> because obviously there was a simulated sex scene. I was like, whoa. Um, uh, but just, like, thought it was so heartwarming and also, like, kind of respected that my mum was like, you're old enough to watch this now. I was like, OK, yeah. Mum, like, cool. <laughs> um, and then I feel like it's a little bit of a founding story for like the ethos behind why we do Frank Film Club because when I was acting I was about 16 years old and I was like with an actor and a director um, and we were sort of doing a meeting about a film that we were doing and they were talking about hate actually (laughs) and they were like going into Richard Curtis and like this movie and like how awful and like just how much they didn't like it and I obviously was just like sat there in silence but I was like how can I love a film so much that's like these people really really despise and they're in the same industry as me and like they're like have feelings just like I do I was like what have I missed about this movie so yeah, I'm really glad that I'm glad that you guys both feel the same way um, because I was worried that we were just going to pull it apart, but I don't think it needs to. No, and and the same thing, you know, with Don't Worry Darling when we spoke about that the other day. I don't <clears throat> think you need to repeat the same conversations that people seem to be having, especially when things become like negative. I think people might think that it's cool to like pick something like this apart. This type of film is just of the time like this is the way people used to speak to each other in the context of like what it's like today there's a lot that's wrong with it but actually at the time yeah it was all 2003 it was like a different different era you could say that about anything and there are things that are bad about it but you cannot take away from the fact that this is classic yeah I was still I still cried at the end oh I cried the whole week through (laughs) I knew what was coming (laughs) What I wanted to do today, sorry, kick us off, like, let's go through all of the relationships. Um, And then I thought it would be fun to sort of rank them in, like, ones that we most need in our life to, like, ones avoid at all costs. Yeah. But let's start with Daniel and Sam. That whole moment, what does it mean? Where's the love? So this is already, like, a bit of an interesting relationship as is because he's not his biological father. Yeah. But I feel like... They they do have a big journey. Like their common love is obviously the mum, mm. and then it is really tough. But then it's it, 
and, and then it turns out that Sam was actually he's not he's kind of never really grieving his mum that's the point he never really does seem to grieve his mum because he's just grieving this love that he has or not even grieving it because it hasn't happened yet you know that's actually really true it's, <laughs> it's kind of only like Liam Neeson has lost someone yeah. it's kind of not like yeah, it's like I'm, I moved on yeah. Fine. yeah I've got a new girl in my life now. got a new Joanna yeah. and then he's also like shipping Liam Neeson and um, Claudia Schiffer Claudia Schiffer yeah that's true he <laughs> doesn't really it's acknowledge kind of that which maybe is maybe he doesn't acknowledge it because it's, this is his way of dealing with it True. well he'll talk about it in therapy when he's older for sure oh yeah oh how yeah we, how we, <laughs> we never acknowledged yeah, yeah 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 literally never spoke of her again <laughs> she is gone now I will move on <laughs> um, but like similarly to that uh, Emma Thompson's character and Liam Neeson their friendship she's just like oh get over it <laughs> not that I'm not horribly devastated that your wife just bars I yeah. thought, I've always loved that line yeah. and it's a really interesting look at grief I think yeah so I and I feel like sometimes when I've watched it I've been like oh god like can you say that like he is he's allowed to grieve but I do also love their relationship as well that they're just kind of like I think the people that you're closest to like that are able to say something like that to you nobody else could if you weren't close enough to somebody and somebody said that to you you'd be like what the hell <laughs> but there's something in like a very close relationship mm. and being able to like be joking in situations like that that you need act what well, I do anyway my personality I need to be lifted out of yeah. like sadness and despair with jokes and that's something that I think Richard Curtis does very well he kind of just like observes relationships in like an interesting way like the like the fictional way to like help your friend through grief through grief is to be like overly sensitive um but they don't really do that and so yeah probably the most heartbreaking story uh harry and karen and then the like side dish of Mia <laughs> that harry works with um upon watching this again I I sort of rediscovered at the end when when uh, Emma Thompson says, like, do you wait around to see if it's a necklace or if it's sex in a necklace or if it's even worse, love? And I guess when I was a kid, I just was like, cheating is cheating, it's the end. And then this time I kind of, like, really could... Well, not, like, empathise, but I really saw it from... Um, Harry's side a little more where I was like he really has just been a fool and done something really stupid whereas like when I was a kid I just was like you're a monster you've ruined everything but I guess I understood the nuance of that final scene a little more like mm -hmm. after watching it this time what did you think? Yeah definitely it's almost like I don't want I don't want to acknowledge that I understand that because I don't want to permit that to happen to myself or any of my friends. No, yeah, of course. But there is so much nuance in things that happen and he's an idiot. But again, it's just like being an adult is really complicated and things can happen over the span of a 50, 40 year relationship. That doesn't mean he's not a knob yeah. and it's awful <clears throat> and she's it, it, it that's so heartbreaking yeah and I, I think in this film she is just like the strongest character <laughs> which i feel i'm like oh i love emma thompson because i just always think of her as like this is her but their relationship um it felt very real like horrific horrible but it just really understood her dilemma and her like you say when she's like do i do you continue because you probably 
would because you know he mm, it's horrible like you know that he knows that he's been an absolute idiot and he has and you know that she kind of knows well she doesn't oh it's oh it's just horrible i feel like i was really analyzing him a lot more and like he definitely he's he is really stupid i guess he really likes the attention yeah Mm -hmm. but like he also like doesn't really seem like he likes her at all do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't really give her anything until he gives her the stupid necklace. Like, even when he calls and he's like, well, what do you want then? It's yeah. not like, there doesn't seem to be too much interest, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't pursue her. Not at all. It's like a bit of fun at work. There was a, there was a, this really great article that I read, which was a couple's therapist analysing all of the relationships in this. <gasps> Love. And she said, like, if... Uh, she thinks that Harry and Karen are really like made for each other and like they should be together and they if they can get through this then like it would be amazing if they had like therapy but like that Harry and Mia it's like just lust and it's like not yeah. it's like they don't have anything in common it's just like and so that gave me a bit of hope I was like maybe if they went to couple therapy they'd be okay yeah <laughs> well it they seem like that towards the end you know when yeah, at the well, airport do you think that, that... I thought that they weren't together anymore and they weren't going to be. And I thought they were together, but I thought she was just, like, putting up with it and getting it. But that's so sad that it's her that has to get, then yeah. get over it and put up with that for the rest of her life if they stay together all well, anyway. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. And also, where where's he been on holiday? Surely she should have been on a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Where's he been? Exactly. She should be the one going on holiday and he should have been left with the kids. Exactly. Exactly. That's very true. Then we have this relationship between David and Natalie. When I was growing up, it was my favourite relationship ever. Um, and now I know. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, that is not a good example of a relationship. Richard Curtis actually wrote this role for Martine McCutcheon. And then when she came in to read for it, the character was literally called Martine. And they didn't want her to know that like, they wanted her so desperately. So they changed it to Natalie. And then obviously like the name stuck, but Martine ended up doing it. I just think it's wild how much she's referenced as Chevy. <gasps> insane yeah. she's first of all she's not first of all second of all because that was first of all second of all you, why would you even the last scene he's like god you weigh a lot yeah I'd be so I don't remember that like oh my god awful. I don't think I've ever noticed that why did Which they do that weight was spoken about so much when I was growing up all the time every time you would see any member of family they'd comment first of all on your weight was it like that did you feel like that yeah or like even their own weight and like yes, what's always. wrong about it or what's right about it. Yeah. yeah. It was everywhere. And also every talk show, the first question that like any sort of celebrity or like actor would be asked is like, what's your diet right now? And then they mm. talk in depth about like what they do. It was just so part of the culture. It was mm. like so the norm to comment on that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Diets all the time are different. Probably Trying out a yeah. new one. Awful. Yeah. And Natalie as a character was like a huge victim of that for for no reason. Richard Curtis, that one was a big mistake. Even if she was, it's like it's not, that's not even... No. Why is that even, that's not a problem. But their relationship anyway was like, yeah, okay to have a relationship in the workplace can like questionable but like as long as it's like okay but the fact that he like demotes her I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's really not okay. <laughs> it's really got me too written all over it. Like she gets like harassed or whatever happens in that room with Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. And then he's like, do you know what? You need to go. It's your fault. Yeah. I mean, that's not why he gets rid of her. Like we know that, but you know. Yeah. And then he comes knocking on the door like, hello. And she's like, hi. <laughs> Wouldn't you be like, oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I love how this was your first <laughs> It was. When I was growing up, I was fully like thought, this is amazing. It was. Um, what do you think the couple's therapist thought about this whole Ooh. thing? Is it like a bit of fun for him? Is it like seem like unhealthy from his part? Hmm. Maybe it's like he has these fleeting romances with people and he loses interest really quickly. Mm. And she um, thinks that this is the one and he's like, no. Well, she actually thought there's a huge power, uh, power imbalance, mm. which is really problematic and would be really, really difficult to get through. And obviously like really questionable, problematic decisions made around that, demoting her, yada, yada, yada. But she said that they did seem to have like a real interest in one another, more so than just like a surface level thing. Like I think that they really, she thought that they really like had an interest and a good view of them as like people rather than just like assistant prime minister mm. yeah and I kind of like that because she comes in and she makes a like a big entrance um and like that's the moment when she's like really vulnerably herself that he's like oh my god I'm gonna fall in love with this girl yeah and I think maybe there's a part of that that is what I loved Colin Firth Jamie then his new love Aurelia Thoughts on this relationship? Kind of feels like a, another bit of a pow weird power dynamic again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like always someone. It's always like the guy and it's like their assistant who they fall in love with or like their housekeeper or like... And it's always this like... I've just Yeah, that's just always... Wait, like, so there's three relationships where it's an assistant. An assistant. Um, I yeah. don't know what the other so, one would be. So like Alan Rickman with... Yes, assistant. secretary or secretary. whatever. Yeah, David and Natalie. Yeah, and, and then, then Jamie and Aurelia. Like, are she like a housekeeper or something like that? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on! Like, that is That's so mad. How many love stories are there? Nine. There's nine, and a third of them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's so, and we haven't even got. Okay, it's problematic. It's problematic. Yeah, that is problematic. <laughs> Oh, see, all of the, it all tinges. I think it's lovely. I, know, I really love singing. their love We literally story. started this chat saying we're not going to tear it apart. <laughs> so, not cute no. at all. <laughs> and also, um, they had, like, a ridiculous number of producer meetings discussing what lingerie she was going to be wearing underneath her outfit. Can you believe that? So it wasn't just like a normal costume meeting. It was like, we really need to get together. So Richard Curtis spoke about this on like the DVD extras. Um, and I don't think it was like, let's try and get this girl to take pictures in like as many sets of underwear as we can. But it was more just like, what do we want to say about this woman and the sort of underwear she wears? And like, how do we want the audience to feel about her? And like, is it matching set? Is it not? Is it flirty and like mm. sexy? Is it a thong? Is it like, duh? which like respect, but it also like makes me kind of mad. Yeah. 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 Like, that, I, I get that it, it needed to be a conversation like... 
but did it need to take that long? But I don't need, think it needed to I'd be love it if really, that really amount of detail was put into what colour boxes the guy who Laura <sighs> Linney gets with is wearing. Probably it's not. True. I think the whole thing is, like, in a way, quite camp. Mm. And, like, it knows how ridiculous it is. And you think about Colin and, like, they are all, like, sort of caricatures of it. Yeah. It doesn't age, like, that well, but I do think it's aware of how... Uh, problematic it is in yeah. a way but it still doesn't like stop being that way yeah. but yeah I, I loved this love story yeah, and, and the end like I think that they fancied each other but I don't believe that he would go and propose they haven't actually had a conversation yet that's like a Richard Curtis thing isn't it like you've got a chase it. through the airport mm-hmm. I want oh, yeah. to be chased through the airport I don't that sounds quite Stressful. scary yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I um, I love the sort of like um, information getting miscommunicated as um, Colin Firth is walking with like the in- Aurelia's entire family, yeah. being like, "We're going to see Aurelia. Apparently, he wants to kill her." <laughs> There's some fashion in there as well, mind. Oh, there is with their sister. There is. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah, that's a little, quite a bit of that. But I do kind of rate the sister being like, She's just amazing. say yes, and then you can go and meet Prince William and marry him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a really sassy family. They are a real sassy family. I yeah, that one, I think there's really beautiful moments. It's very, like, cinematic. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the falling in love, being, like, with a cup of hot cocoa, all wet hair, you know, kind of thing. Papers But, like, is it real love? Yeah, is it real, real love that's going to last forever? Don't know. Yeah. Mm. I want to believe... They feel like the most pure. So I want to believe that they would make it. Okay, well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Oh, yeah. Peter and Julia, and then Mark, who comes into the love triangle. So this is Kira... Chiwetel and, and Andrew, Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, I couldn't remember <laughs> that they kissed. That she runs after him and kisses him. I couldn't remember that before. And if my best mate came to my door, <laughs> could you imagine? Hi, I really wanted to let you know that I I actually love you. <laughs> so don't tell Han. <laughs> don't get it I just got something to say Uh, nah no I just didn't like how um, Juliet as a character was just like so game for it and so okay with it and so not offended and like it was just like normalized as like this is an okay thing for someone to do and it's like she wasn't really given any written any boundaries because like she was just like oh I see like you're completely infatuated with me and you're the best friend of my husband and like he has no idea and you've literally just like recorded this really creepy footage of me but I get it like you're troubled and you're in love and like you just would not be like that you'd be like you need to get a grip this is like stalker behavior and like it's not okay and I'm and I'm telling Peter and then the fact that she then goes out and kisses him I know what do you think happens after that point because you see them again in the airport but and they are together and like with with um, Chiwetel's mm. character, but you, you're not given anything. 
away do you think it's like a pity kiss or do you think that something she actually likes him back i think it's supposed to be a pity kiss and then i think he's going like enough now like i'm gonna get over this but i think like in reality that would never happen like if there was someone who was like that i don't think they would just go okay i'm gonna get over it now if you were that obsessed Mm -hmm. no also there's not many characters in this film that aren't white and this is like the one relationship where they've just got married and they're not both white. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets like completely sidetracked. And Mark. it becomes about this other guy. Yeah, it becomes about this other guy that just sweeps in. And it's like... Why? I think there's, there's a, that is like the most problematic relationship of, of the film, would you say? Yeah, I would yeah. say so. 100%. Yeah. I really... I, w- I would love something like this to be made now and for it to, to be about different love relationships and how different that would look now if somebody made something like that mm-hmm. that was about Britain because mm-hmm. like we say like this is a this is the most classic British Christmas film but like it's not it doesn't look like Britain to me okay so especially not London fun no. fact there was in the script there was actually four more relationships couples mm. two of them were cut before they started filming one of which centred around a girl in a wheelchair. There was another two who, and they were filmed, but they didn't make it into the edit for some unknown reason. One of them was about um, an African couple who were helping one another through a famine. And another one, which was a head teacher who we follow home from work, who is in a lesbian relationship. Um, I don't know why these didn't make it. I feel like this whole film, I know what it's trying to do. And it's trying to show that like love is love and like... Christmas is about like loving and being with one another and it's like complicated but like it's beautiful I think that like the problem with it being someone like Richard Curtis like telling all of these stories it's like a misinformed like understanding of like what these relationships are like without really researching or speaking to anyone who is like actually in those situations and then being like and it's it's like done from such a good place, but it's just like a bit off. Cause, mm. And I think like we've learned a lot now, uh, you, like, you know, whatever. But I, I feel like it's probably best that he didn't tell a lot of those stories that were sort of written into this. And maybe he did kind of stick more to like what he knew. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's interesting that you said that. Because, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that, like, this isn't what love is. It's like, it's a very one-dimensional, like, view of what love means to many different people. But, like, I don't think that Richard Curtis is the right person to, like, make it a more three-dimensional thing because not unless he were to, like, really research and have, like, authentic stories and, like, you know, have those people in- involved in the creation. Mm. Yeah, definitely, and maybe it is just, you know, luckily we've got filmmakers now who can tell stories like that. So right. if it was remade now, there would be a filmmaker who does know about different relationships or mm. maybe would do 
the research, maybe there are more, I don't know, just there's just people pay more attention to like what they're trying to show and like the importance of that. Yeah. So it is a good thing that maybe that wasn't in there. Um, but yeah, I really noticed that with Chiwetel's character. He's yeah. so secondary. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a shame. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, so moving on to Judy and John, I, I love this relationship like, <laughs> so much. I think they're so sweet to each other and I always have found it so entertaining that they were just like I think like they're the most respectful of one another even though they're in this like really like maybe it's because they're in such a vulnerable position from the outset yeah um but yeah thoughts on I mean Judy and John you didn't really get to know their storyline when you first watched (laughs) it but since um what do you think no well exactly what you just said like they're very much on the same level they're so respectful of each other despite meeting each other like naked every time they meet um they just like they're also like quite timid and like really shy and <laughs> and both obviously really really like each other but just don't really know how to articulate it and they're like the the sweetest story that they're probably they're probably one of the best story like the, the least problematic stories in there because they're like they're just good people yeah <laughs> these these situations are written really well aren't they I'm just thinking about like you you saying that might be your fit. It's really hard to pick a favourite. Yeah. Um, she delivers the best line of the whole thing. Which is this? All I want for Christmas is you. you. Oh, no, that's probably like the cringiest <laughs> line of the whole film. Actually, most of that, those scenes get cut out of the ITV re, uh, rerun yeah. of the film. Which is so funny because, like, I know, like, physically, like, nudity-wise, like, it's very adult. But the fact that me growing up thought that, like, it's a, the relationship between David and Natalie is, like, something worth that's looking worse. up to. <laughs> right! <laughs> like, that's worse. So it's just, like, so funny how we have, like, censorship yeah. and, like, the things that we think are, like, inappropriate to have on TV versus yeah, yeah, yeah the things so that are completely fine. Um, so Tony is the kind of like first AD on set with Judy and John. Um, and Tony is good friends with Colin and they have like a bromance friendship. Um, (laughs) I don't want to bring the tone down, but what do we think of Colin? Do you guys like Colin? 
Growing up, he was the favourite character. Really? Yeah. Okay, fair oh, enough. Oh, yeah, was always... Just, just entertaining? Entertainment. It was right. just, like, hilarious. Just thought he was so funny. <laughs> and, and now I'm just like, what? I think it's just the actor, though. I think he's just got really funny mannerisms. i got to say, this is probably my least favourite storyline because I think the way they show the American girls is gross. Yeah, and I remember no. what when I watch it, like, even when I was young, I'd be like... That's gross. Like, they're not like that, and you shouldn't do that. Mm-mm. It's really icky. When I watched it as, like, a really young girl, I remember being like, is that what, like, is that what a, the perfect woman is? Like, that mm. how I'm supposed to be? That's how I'm supposed to look, and that's how I'm supposed to act? Like, I remember, like, really thinking like that, being like, oh, God. And girls don't. Do that. That's no. not a thing. No, that not happens. Oh, we just all stay in the same bed together and naked. Just, yeah, what the <laughs> fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I have to be honest. Like, I just skipped through his whole storyline. Yeah. Just the only bit I, re- I watched and I watched with my eyes absolutely peeled open was the bit where he's like, um. <laughs> What do you do? Um, hi, I'm Nancy. Oh, what do you do, Nancy? <laughs> I love I'm a wedding it. caterer. Oh, I wish I'd <laughs> asked you to do this one. They did. I love that bit because I'm just like, ha <laughs> <laughs> Colin. <laughs> also at the wedding is um, Sarah. Mm. Sarah works for Alan Rickman um, and she has got an office crush on Carl. Um, I remember when I was a kid being like deeply moved by this story and still as an adult feeling the exact same um just watching this woman who really doesn't have any idea how to sort of open up and i thought that it's like in con- like just in contrast like a very different story to the other ones and like probably my favorite female character in this i feel like when i watched this when i was younger i used to always i just i actually didn't really enjoy this part i I don't really know why exactly. I think I just got, I, I would get so annoyed that uh, that she, she wouldn't say yeah, hi. Yeah, yeah. And I used to really hate it, but at, when, as I've got older, I like appreciate this story and her character way, way more. But I remember really like being like, oh, it's back to her again. Yeah, mm. which Miss is Blake. Like, Come yeah. on, get a backbone. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I hear you. Yeah, I think I was the same. Just like. Who is this? Yeah, because it's it's there's nothing sparkly about this. This is like, it is deeply sad. Yeah, and not like in a like ooh gosh like way. Yeah, it's just sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Laura Linney so much. I know in everything she does. So I um I knew that I liked the actor, but I just didn't like the situation when I was younger. But now, yeah, it's. It's, I think it's really well done, actually. Mm. Yeah. What do you think yeah. the couples therapist analysed about Sarah and Carl? Oh, was the love real? Was the was the well, spark just like real? is this relationship going to work with or w- without therapy, or like it, is it right for these people? I I wish they hadn't cast somebody who looked like a model mm-hmm. and felt quite mysterious in a way. Yeah. Because it would have been nice for her to have feel like the audience feel like they have got a real bond and relationship there mm-hmm. for her to be able to connect with somebody else and not be surface. But I mm-hmm. think there's a barrier for me when I'm watching it that I'm like, gosh, he's really like he looks like a Greek model. 
And I yeah. don't know if that's a vibe for her. Maybe I do still have problems with that bit because I like they don't have a conversation ever, really, that we see. It is just like they know that they fancy each other and then they go back to her place. Yeah. Or And she's like fancied him for ages, but she's never actually spoken to him. And I'm like, at least give them a chance to speak. Maybe we just needed one more scene where yeah. we saw them having a chat and yeah. understood that a bit more. Yeah. The therapist basically said, like, with Laura just, like, incapable of... Well, Sarah. Incapable of being able to, like, actually open up about, like, what she's dealing with. Like, it's just not going to work because, mm. like, he will never be able to help her and she will never be able to, like, be helped. And mm. she'll always just think, like, I'm too scared to... I don't deserve anything, you know? No. Yeah. She's kind of sad because, like, I really feel like she deserves love, but I don't know if... Yeah, very sad. That Not is sure. sad. Yeah. Son's love in that storyline. Which brings me to the final relationship, which is kind of separate from all of the other relationships. Yeah. Billy Mac and manager Joe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know I was... I said I was... Cr last time I watched this, which was two days ago, I was crying at literally just the sight of Thomas Brody Sanks' face. <laughs> But I was also crying at the sight of Joe, the manager's face. Because he, he reminds me so much of my dad. Mm. And like when I see men that look like that cry, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love this storyline. Yeah. Also love the way that, that I love you, <laughs> actually. <laughs> see, I always thought that like, because I remember when I was growing up watching him with Anton Deck. And I had also grown up watching, like, um, X Factor and I'm a Celebrity and everything. And because there was this man who was, like, not being rude to Anton Deck, but, like, swearing on TV and, like, being a menace, when I was growing up, I was like, that man is really naughty. He is not a good person. <laughs> and then now, like, as, as a grown-up watching this, I'm like, he's, like, such a sweet character. And yeah. he's, like, actually, like, kind of love him. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely love him. And the fact that he's just like he knows that what he's making is absolute like crap, and like, yeah. <laughs> and he just like knows what the game is, and like he's done it, and like, he's just like, Bleh. yeah, but, yeah, and just has like real love for his manager. Yeah, doesn't really know why he's doing it anymore, but he's great. Yeah. He's brilliantly self-aware, and like I think it's funny to look at what you're doing and be like. It's just my job. Like, this isn't, like, saving anyone's life. I mean, it's probably further than that. He, like, thinks it's shit. But um, I just I just think that's, like, funny and yeah. nice. Yeah, he's brilliant. So, I thought it would be fun to rank these relationships. Okay. From ninth place to first place. Purest to most toxic. Toxic, yeah. Okay, ninth place. Kira Knight. Yes. Interesting. Okay, I'm into that. Well, it depends who we're talking about. We're talking about her husband or the guy. situation, the story. Situation. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Julia and Mark, ninth place. Yeah. I firmly agree with that. Next up from there, I mean, we can't forget about Colin. I cannot stand Colin. Oh, you could put Colin straight down there because there's not really anything pure going on there. Yeah, but he's not hurting anyone. 
because everybody's like game a good time. Way that, yeah okay. if we actually think about like the way that the characters were written like those girls are really happy even though they're That's like true. not based on real people no. but, like, well, that is yeah, the problem in this okay. fictional world yeah it wasn't it wasn't so bad Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, but he's Would not going any like, higher he's than not seven. Not going high. Hugh, no. Hugh Grant. Well, Hugh Grant, David and Natalie, or Hugh Grant and Martin McCutcheon. Um, their love was pure, but they're very problematic. Yeah, I mean, like that is really toxic. Mm. That's so toxic. Mm. Like that power imbalance is not, not it. Yeah, I think Colin or David and. Um, Martin McCutcheon's character a seven or eight whichever way around yeah. you want to do it like they're all in the bit okay there is a bit of love going on with the other two so let's put Colin and then okay yeah. Colin so that means that seventh place is David and Natalie firmly agree on that one I want to put in Colin first no but what about Cheaty McGee <gasps> yeah, but I think that they're strong Harry and Karen I still want to believe that they are in love with each other and they're yeah, going to make me it too. work. Yeah. And it was a really stupid thing for him to do. Mm. Do we think he should still be in the middle spot, though? Yeah, there's some toxicity gone, in, gone on there, so... Yeah, yeah. He's got some growing to do. Gosh. Sixth place, Harry and Karen. Um, come, fifth place, which is, like, bang in the middle? Jamie and Aurelia, I think. I'm just really not too... Con- Massively convinced. You like you. I love them. Oh, I Buongiorno. I really like them. So you'd prefer them to be st- still in the middle or in the top three? Like top middle. Top middle. So maybe fourth place. We're saying. Mm, okay. That's what I'm saying. But who would go next then? Would that be Sarah and Carl? Yeah. You saying Snow Love there? I think five. Yeah. F- fifth place for Sarah and Carl. Oh, next. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fifth place for Sarah. Okay, fair enough. Does that mean that fourth place is going to be Jamie and Aurelia? That. Yeah. Fair enough. I like that. So then our last three to play with Billy Mac and Joe. Yeah. Sam and Daniel. Yeah. And. And Judy and John. No. This is hard. I, I love them all. First for me is probably. Either um, the father and stepson, or um, the manager and the st- and the star, and I would put the um, stand-ins as number three. I do think they've got the purest love, but if we're going also like on like entertainment value, then yeah, I agree. Billy Mac and Joe. I feel like they're great for each other, but I do feel like Billy Mac is, like, nasty to Joe quite a lot and always yeah. says that his manager's, like, overweight and stuff. Yeah, that's true. And I, do, I mean, Joe's okay with it, but, like, you mm. do see him sad sometimes. Okay, Billy Mac and Joe in third place. Nice. So does that... So second... Yeah, maybe we do let Sam and Daniel win. I think they should win. Yeah, I the others feel like they're not in it enough to warrant being first place, but they are wonderful. Yeah, I like this. Judy and John second place, which means first place is the wonderful Daniel and Sam. (gasps) I love that. You know what? I didn't think that that was going to be our outcome. I thought that we were going to put Billy Mac and Joe at the top, but after speaking with you guys about Mm -hmm. it, I've really, I've really underestimated Daniel and Sam. Love that. Well. The official list that no one asked for, but everyone <laughs> needs, <laughs> um, our relationship ranks. Um, you can find it on Instagram, but I'll read it out for you now. <laughs> Daniel and Sam 
in first place, Judy and John in second place, third place, Billy Mac and Joe, fourth place, Aurelia and Jamie, fifth place, Sarah and Carl, sixth place, sixth place, Harry and Karen, seventh, David and Natalie, eighth, Colin and Co. <laughs> and in <laughs> final place, Julia and Mark. Yeah, screw them. off i wanted to give you guys some fun facts that i found out some fun christmas facts um can you believe in this emma thompson wore a big suit like Like padding yeah but why i know what is that all about? Oh, to make her mumsy yeah to make her dowdy no way wow ridiculous right what? That's not even... You just, even I just, silly, silly decision there. <laughs> okay. Unnecessary, but whatever. Um, obviously, the final moments, all of those shots, mm. they were, in fact, real shots no. in Heathrow Airport. And they sat and they filmed there for weeks and weeks on end. And every time they caught a beautiful moment, the team would, like, run up and ask them to sign, like, a NDA... Well, not NDA, like a yeah, release, release like form. A... Um, so it's all real shots of families in Heathrow Airport. How Did, lovely. That is, that is really lovely. It's such a lovely ending to the film, actually. Yeah. Really Did they pay them? Sorry to be cynical. Um, <laughs> probably not. <No. laughs> but They're just like, can you sign this for free? So this is my favourite, favourite part. Can you... Can you guess how old Kira Knightley was when she shot there? 17 or something. Bingo, yeah. 17. Can you guess how old Thomas Brody Sangster was? I feel, is it quite close? <laughs> well, he looks like, actually I'm bad with ages, but he looks like, what, eight? He, look, he looks about eight or nine. Yeah. But he's 14, isn't it, or 13? <laughs> yeah, he was 13 when they filmed this, so they were four years apart. They were four years apart, and she is married to Chiritul Ejiofor, and he is an eight-year-old boy. Wait, and how old, how old was he? 14, 13? <laughs> he was 13. Obviously, he was playing younger, but, like, can you imagine being, like, he, they were literally four years apart. Like, they still are. They're still four years apart. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> mad. <laughs> Absolutely insane. I cannot believe that. That is Honestly, really mad. He was 13. And she was 17. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you guys enjoyed dissecting the relationships. I think, like, I mean, it'd be nice to hear your final thoughts and what you think about the movie as a whole, having gone into all of that. Well, I feel like my opinions kind of stay the same, which maybe is, like, not a very good thing. (laughs) But I still love it. Like, I I know it has a lot of problems, which are actually quite laughable now. I think part of what I love, like when I do watch it now, I don't just be like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Like I know that there are problems and I'll watch it and I'll laugh about them. Yeah. I'm really glad that this conversation has gone this way because I was like, what else do I not like about it? I really need to remember because then I can... T- but I just really like it. Yeah. And like, yeah, there definitely is problems, but um, the, the writing's so good. Yeah. For us to like be so invested. The, the film's only an hour and a half long. For us to be so, I think an hour and 40, for us to be so invested in nine different stories and like their relationships, Mm -hmm. I think that's great, Ryan. Yeah, they really pulled off something special with this. And like, I think many tried to recreate it after. Like, I'm just thinking like New Year's Eve, like Valentine's Day, trying to sort of like emulate what they did with this. And like, no one's really come close. Um, 
I think it's really special and even for all its flaws I think it's like an incredibly entertaining thing to watch at Christmas and it brings me a lot of joy yeah makes yeah. me really happy um and that's like always good what are the Christmas films are you guys going to be watching Grinch oh yeah oh love the Grinch Elf yeah would be like Elf. my go-to yeah. and the Grinch actually those are like my two I only watched Home Alone for the first time two years ago. No. <gasps> yeah. That's a classic. I yeah. Know. What about you? I'm elf, usually. But also, I've, I still haven't seen Boxing Day, which I think is meant to be quite good. Oh, yeah. Mm. And then I saw the other day that there's a Lindsay Lohan Christmas film. And I haven't <gasps> seen Lindsay Lohan in a new film for ages. I've seen what, it coming out this, this year? Yeah. It's oh on Netflix. Goodness. Yeah, I think it's, it's out now. <gasps> Brilliant. Um, yeah, well, I'll be watching that. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this chilly Christmas day. Um, we really hope that you've enjoyed the episode and we hope that you enjoy the rest of this Christmas period. Merry Christmas! Merry oh, Christmas, everyone. This has been lovely. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Frank Film Club. We hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we're going to be speaking about the absolute wild ride that is Triangular Sadness, which is directed by Ruben Otsland. Hopefully, it's still showing in a cinema near you. So if you haven't seen it already, go and see it in the cinema and then join us back here next week for more Frank Film Club. Thanks so much. This podcast was presented by Wrapped.